Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name, it's not my name, it's Carolyn Barnett with Carolyn <laughs> Barnett. And now, my name, Dave Clay. I was going to say, your name's not Carolyn Barnett. No. <laughs> not to be confused I was with say, <laughs> Carol Burnett, who was actually quite funny, but me, I am Carolyn Barnett. Yes. <laughs> I did get that out well, though, right? I mean, yes. you don't think that they've yes. confused you for... Yes, that's for all for... the people that want to call me Carol or Caroline or all these other variations. I bet Tim sang that song, Sweet Carol. No. no. <laughs> Here we go. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may also be, or be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. John 14, verse 1 through verse 7. Carol. Yes, sir. Don't sweat it. It's all good. It'll all work out. Don't get into a frenzy. Don't go crazy. This is true. Don't overdo it. Don't overreact. Don't overschedule. Overschedule. (laughs) Yes, which we were talking about before the podcast. You can be busy, but don't be frenzied. Right. You can be emotional, but don't be desperate. Right. Now, I know that that's a lot of translation, literal and sub-literal, and some taking some liberty there. Let not your heart be troubled. And then Jesus gives you a reason. You believe in God. Mm-hmm. Believe also in me. So when people come in to see me, I want to tell them that. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell them that too soon. Right. <laughs> because they think it's dismissive. Right. It's discounting. It's invalidating. It's almost like I'm just telling like maybe a lot of other people who are really not going to establish base Mm -hmm. that be peaceful in anything but them just wanting them to shut up. (laughs) Don't make a mess of things. I've really had a bad day. I've got a headache. Don't tell me all this stuff. I'm not sure I can work with it or Mm -hmm. work with you this evening or today or whatever it is. I I don't want anybody ever feel like that when they come see me or you. Well, and I think the the phrasing and the motive um, I find that if I say be peaceful (laughs) people aren't really responsive to that but if you say you can be peaceful like there is a way to do that then they their interest is more piqued because they want to be peaceful but if you're just telling them to do it then you know part of them is no I can't or no I don't want to but if you kind of offer that as an option and let me show you how God says that can happen, then they are more willing to listen. And and I do believe that there's a certain bit of empiricism in anything you try to to tell somebody. You should should have factual basis for it. It should be a sound theory. 
Swenson. And the bit of empiricism, actually it's all empiricism, is they have to see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. It's okay. I mean, it's just we accept that. Just don't take my word for it, right? right. But I can say it with some authority. Right. Certainly, certainly Jesus is kind of getting into that. Right. He's got some authority, some credit. Mm -hmm. Not only is he going to say it, or has he said it, but he's lived it. He's right. demonstrated. Right. And there's much to be said for hanging out with people and figuring out what they're really like. You really don't know somebody until you live with them. That is the truth. <laughs> I've heard that said. Or work for them. Or work with them. Right? Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, this is the truth. Right? You just don't know. Yeah, that's true. Do uh, a that's podcast. Fair. Do a podcast with them. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I really am in trouble. <laughs> but Thomas is empirical. He's empirical like all of us are. He's empirical like our clients are when they come in. And Thomas, though he may have already seen the miracles, he may have already heard the sermon, he may have done more. He may have had just casual conversation with Jesus where he hung out with him, he lived with him. He got to know him, mm -hmm. not just in a public sort of way, but in that most intimate and private of moments sort of way. And as Jesus was talking to the disciples, mm -hmm. as we pick this up in John, that's really where it is. I believe it's the upper room. I believe it's the, toward the end, certainly, of their being able to spend time together in such intimate circumstance where they right. have enjoyed the familiarity and the comfort, the security of one another. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they come see me and you. And they may know us a bit. They may know us by our reputation. You know, we get a lot of referrals. Most of it are word of mouth. We were speaking yesterday about that. Uh, you know, we want to let individuals know how to get a hold of us. We say right. that at the end of every podcast. Some right. people really don't know how to get a hold of us. Some people may never have met us or heard of us. Mm -hmm. Doubtful. I don't know if that's ill repute or just repute, but there's <laughs> a bit of reputation that precedes me, I'm sure, as well as yeah. you. But we have some cred in the community, and most of that comes from people who know us, mm -hmm. who've gone through the counseling with us. Right. But even so, when people get referred, they really don't know until they sit down with you. That's so fair. when you tell them, We've got this. When you're trying to communicate that in that sort of way of some, with some credibility, mm -hmm. some validity to back it up, certainly you tell them why, right? You're going to give them a reason. Right. But they're really not going to experience it empirically until they go through it with you. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a liar. Are you a liar? No. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not as well. But if I tell you this is the truth. Yeah. We're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. The truth is, God loves you. The truth is, we're going to fix, find His fix. I was going to say fix this. We're going to find the way He would desire this to, mm -hmm. to take place, turn out, which is yeah. really in some measure a fix. But we're going to help you, assist you. Mm -hmm. Walk through it with you. Yes, but you've got to have at least enough faith and confidence or you'll, you'll give up along the way. Which is why we have to... Um, exude that confidence that we have so that they will actually believe it. Not that we're in any way trying to trick anyone, but we're saying, you can believe me because I know, because I've been through that and I've seen this. And the reason I believe, God's Word says it, and that's the truth. That's what we're holding as a standard. So 
you said something a moment ago, and that's the, that's the thing, is they have to believe it, or at least want to believe it. So we can tell somebody that all day long till we're blue in the face, but until they're willing to go there, that's the thing. And that has to be their decision, but like you said, there's empiricism in all of this, but you know, it's not our job to uh, force you to, you know, go somewhere or believe something. We trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you in that. But we're going to show you what God's Word says and communicate that and then walk you through, walk with it. Walk with it. Walk with you through it. There we go. Well, and I think that's exactly where they are in the upper room. I mean, Jesus had certainly ministered to others, but most importantly to them. And Jesus is trying to share this. They still have questions, though, after everything they saw. Well, and it's Thomas, right? Yeah. But it is. You're right. We're all, again, go back to that notion. uh, I said it a moment ago. We're all empirical. Mm -hmm. Prove it. Mm -hmm. I've got to touch it, taste it, feel it. I've got to know it in that way. But really, that is the messaging here. Jesus knew that the time that he was going to spend with them was over. At least right. in that way that right. he was going to be there. And more so than they ever could begin to realize mm-hmm. that he was not only not going to be there, but that he was in some ways, if you look at it materially, they could have construed it in some ways as he's never coming back. Yeah, because right before that scripture you just read, Peter, you know, he's like, you know, where are you going, Lord? And then you did read, you know, where Philip... <laughs> Is you know, Lord, show us the Father. You know, so they still had questions, and that's okay, even though they have been with Him that whole time. But that shows us that it's a process of well, belief. We can't just tell somebody be peaceful, and then okay, I will. You know, <laughs> that is so a process. One of my favorite sayings is, "Okay, so here we go." Yes. <laughs> Which basically means I've tried to set this all up, mm-hmm. establish a plan, mm-hmm. identify the resources. Mm-hmm. Make sure the logistics aspect is taken care of. But now, now that we've got the plan, now that we've got the resources identified, now we know, have some idea logistically of of how to pull this out, pull this off, put this together, work through this. Here we go. Now it's time. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, nobody else can do that for you. (laughs) Ken, you made a good comment earlier. That's true. That's the thing. We can lead them, we can guide them, we can go through it together with them. And I think that's how he said it. But it's the same thing Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. Right. He'll be with us, but we have to believe it. But, yes, he will be with us, but he will not be with us in the sense of us owning it. We have to own it for ourselves. Right. Right. And I do, and we're going to get to Mm -hmm. the Comforter and the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and and he's going to um, be present with them and with us now. And he will go through that with us. But in the same sort of way, until we own it, then we're not going to believe it. And if we don't believe it, since we can't materially, again, empirically, is, is in material dimension. It's in the five senses. Mm-hmm. We're going to, Jesus is asking, we're going to ask, we ask mm-hmm. you to believe, the client to believe. You just have to believe. You're going to feel like you're going to go through this alone. Right. You're going to feel like I'm abandoning you. You're going to feel like I got you out here and, and, and I'm right. going to leave now. Mm-hmm. But it's not me leaving. 
What it is basically is you owning it so that once you accept it in that way and you really then own what this is, what this means, what's going on, then all of a sudden you'll start to discover, I've really never left you. I've been with you all along. Now, I'm not saying I'm Jesus. You're not saying you're Jesus. We are in the Holy Spirit. So in that sense, because the Holy Spirit works through us and we're all in one. And, you know, it's John 14, 15, 16. It's like all the podcasts. I wish I could read every verse of all those chapters so they could see how it all rightly fits together. Read it, listeners. Read it for yourselves. So good. It's imp- yes, it is. It's so good. It's so important. It is the words of Christ. As in the last podcast, we talked about the suffering servant. He said you have to be that way. Well, this is what gets you through it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus and leaving as with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe it, you're gonna turn and run. You're not going to stay in the moment. So that that can be established not only in five senses dimension, because mm-hmm. in a physical way, Jesus did leave right. bodily, but in a spiritual sort of way, he never left. I would even at times contend or have contended that the Holy Spirit's been with us all along. This thing that I'm describing, this Thomas syndrome, we'll call it the Thomas mm-hmm. syndrome. It's all of humanity. It's what makes us doubt. And the more you get into doubt, the more that you th- say, well, if I can't touch it, taste it, feel it, see it, it must not really exist. It's not really empirically sound. It's not scientifically valid. It's not real if I can't relate to it in that way. Then you've really disengaged the whole process yourself from the whole process. You, you've denied yourself the ultimate experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the questions. So the disciples saw that. If we're gonna go there and say empirically so, and I have to see it, touch it, etc. They were there. They saw the miracles. Now, granted, they didn't. They had Jesus with them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. So you know, there's a slight difference there. But they struggled, even though they did see it. So. I do believe, I agree with you, the Holy Spirit has been there since the beginning, which we know that from the Trinity. But I understand when people struggle with that because even the disciples saw it and they still struggled. So there's this diving board at a pool, which is a rare occurrence these days. Most diving boards have been removed from pools as much as water slides, as much Mm -hmm. as swing sets, as much as monkey bars as much as merry-go-rounds. Nobody wants those anymore because people might get hurt and you don't want them out. There is still a pool with a high dive. Oh, okay. So now it reminded me of the days when I learned how to swim, Mm -hmm. first learned how to swim, and the days of my youth when I first learned how to swim. What was going on coinciding, though, with or what triggered concurrent with that memory was that this pool that has a diving board my son and I went to. He had never seen a high dive. Mm -hmm. More so anybody jump off of a high dive. Right. More so him jump off of a high dive. More so even though I told him I jumped off of a high dive. Yeah. He's never seen it. 
So anyhow, we go there and we're watching and they're going up and I don't know how high a high Where dive is. Where was this is. at? I'm just curious. It's in Wayne, Wayne County. Okay, okay. Beach Fork. Oh, okay. I didn't know they had a yes. high dive. <laughs> yes. So we're out there and we're watching them. Now, it wasn't as high as I used to go off of. I mean, these the ones that they used to have are like at least 20 foot. That's I what mean, I was th- imagining. Yeah, yeah, they were really high. <laughs> yeah. This one was not quite so high. But he watched. And I said, well, you know, I've done that. I've gone off of those. I don't know that I demonstrated that that day. But I've been off of those and watched these people are going off of those. And I can tell you really want to go off of those. Mm-hmm. The struggle between him taking what he saw and witnessed what was being done, what others were being successful at. Nobody drowned. Nobody hit the bottom. Nobody right. broke their nose. Nobody broke their leg. You know, you hear the stories, and I believe those are true. Right. So that's probably why they removed. But it, it wasn't such that it was an every time occurrence. Right, right. It was a sort of a rarity. But anyhow, nobody got injured that day, and plenty of people not only dove off the dive. They came back up and did it again, did it again. Right. And I could tell he was really wrestling, mm-hmm. not with what he was seeing even, mm-hmm. but whether he could believe what he was seeing could be applied to him. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds ridiculous because he's no different than them, but we're yeah. no different than anybody else that Jesus has saved. Right. We're no different than anybody else that's come in for counseling. We're no different than the clients that come see us for the counseling, Christian counseling. The one that came in before the next one that comes in, there's no difference. There is. There's individual differences. There's circumstantial differences. But God loves them the same. Exactly. And His promises, and that's what Jesus talked about, the many mansions... There's a lot of mansions. Now, you know, you could say, well, that's like different worlds, different dimensions. I mean, there's, I've heard all kinds of things. But it could also speak to different people. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different personalities, all sorts of different denominations. There's all sorts of different churches. Right. Possibly even all sorts of different religions. But any of those that otherwise would look at Jesus Christ, as you pointed out, the disciples did, watch it, touch it, taste it, feel it, there's still going to come to a moment where all of that, even though mixed with the Holy Spirit, the convictions of the Holy Spirit, as He would then lead us all unto Christ, or desire us all to recognize the Christ when He's standing before us, when we can see Him in these empirical sort of sensory, physical, bodily dimensions. Right. You still have to do it. Yeah, but that struggle, that tension, I can just feel it as you're describing that diving board because I've tried to articulate that to others, and I'm thinking, do you not have this struggle, or do you just not remember a time when you struggled? Because I specifically remember my mom begging me to come into the lake, into the Zanesville Lake, and I was three and I specifically remember standing on the sand and looking out there and seeing them, you know, splashing water, saying, come on, come on. And I wanted to go so bad. Or the big roller coaster, you know, when you first go to Kings Island the first time and, and you're like, I want to ride that so bad. But that struggle, that tension, it's almost like palpable that you want to do something so bad and you believe it's going to be safe. He knew you wouldn't have told him to go off that high dive if it wasn't safe. Like, he trusted you. But, you know, there's that, that he has, you have to connect the 
dots there. Can I do it? Can I believe you enough to do it? Or can I believe that, you know, I can do it? So he didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't go in the lake either. <laughs> so we went home that day. Was he sad? Disappointed. Yeah. And I was sad for him. None of this is true. I was sad for him because he hadn't faced it to the point of overcoming it, to the point of receiving the validation. That's what it's all about. All these things that Jesus was teaching them, he did jump off the high top, by the way. All these things, but people don't always. And people do, right. they don't always come right. back to the counseling. Right. Because they quit. And I, you know, I used to it's take it personal. I still think yeah. it hurts me in a personal dimension, but it hurts me more as I've gotten more mature, as I've grown in wisdom. It hurts me more that they don't trust Jesus we as much as them. they don't trust me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it still bothers me a bit. They right. don't trust me. Yeah. But, but the idea, though, is that's really what we're talking about here. And I think that's what we could construe. You could see part of what I read mm -hmm. in this passage. Mm -hmm. Jesus was telling them, you aren't going to be validated until you do this thing. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't know all that, again, was ahead of them. None of it, really. Right, right. Jesus was trying to prepare them, mm -hmm. but he knew that he wasn't going to be able to talk to them. He knew that he wasn't going to be able to encourage them. And in that way, even Jesus wasn't going to be able to do it for them. Right. Because ultimately, all that can be done is a plan, resources identified, and logistics. Mm -hmm. That's what God did. There's a plan. He's given provision and resource. And the logistics have all been taken care of. Just like with the counseling. Mm -hmm. But you have to believe it. You Sufficient have to, you have to, jump. to do it. And every step up that high dive ladder, it's a little scarier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you're up 20 foot, and then you yeah. start to walk out on it, and the thing yeah. almost feels like it's wave, like yeah. a wave. Yeah. It really isn't. But you get out to the end, and you start to realize, ah, there's nothing underneath the end of this. And then you begin to realize, and if I take a step off of this, there'll be absolutely nothing under me. Mm. So when you go down, you're thinking, huh? All these thoughts, am I going to come back up? How low is low? I want to hold my breath. The water starts to go up your nose and everywhere else it wants to go in your ears, in your mouth. But you've got to keep your mouth shut. You've got to hold your breath. Mm -hmm. When you hit the bottom, which seems like it takes forever to get to the bottom, but you've got to realize there is a bottom and then you push up. With your feet. At least that's the best I could explain mm -hmm. it to my son mm -hmm. and the memory that I had of it. But it's the same kind of thing when people come in to see me for counseling. It's the same thing Jesus is trying to do here, prepare them. Mm -hmm. You know, we did the Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, and we said, well, that's kind of what you're going to have to do while you're waiting upon the Lord. It feels like that. It feels like you're going to die sometimes. It feels like it's going to kill you sometimes. Sometimes it's only an imagination thing. Sometimes you just get it in your head. And it really isn't half as bad. And most often, once you get through it and you get to that point of validation, you realize, yeah, it was tough. Like, why not do it again? You know? But I can get through just about anything. And then all of a sudden, you begin to realize, the more I do this, the more competency, the more confidence, the more courage 
I claim, not just for myself, not just in myself, but also begin to realize Jesus wasn't lying to me. And if he wasn't lying to me and he told me he was going to prepare a place for me and I'm going to get through it, and that place means I'm going to get to the end of it and I'm going to feel this thing right now, whether it's a heaven place, I think believe in heaven literally, uh, heaven on earth kind of an experience, I believe that that happens too. But I think psychologically, counseling, speaking in those terms, it's the validation. You've proven to yourself, not anybody else. God already knew it. Jesus knew it. I knew it. You knew it. Don't worry. Don't sweat this. We got this. I can help you get through it. I know the fix. I know how to fix this. We can fix this. And it is a two-part thing. You do your part. God does his part. But if you don't do your part, right. until he can't. Until. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And it uh, makes me think of Psalm 23 as we walk through the valley of shadow of death. And, you know, learning that as a child, of course, I memorized that, you know, some Bible school. And that's one of the things you learn. But I never really noticed until I got older about what that meant to go through versus go into to go through means you come out to the other side. You go through it. You don't just go into it. And so um, there is an ending. But I have found that to be true in my own life, David. And as a person that struggled with self-esteem and self-concept, body image, all these things. But when I, until, until, like you said, then when I believed and was validated and saw one of the biggest things that I was afraid of, and I mean I was afraid of it, until I did it, after that, I was like, just this newfound confidence. I was like, you know what? I can do hard things. And that's what I learned from that. I can do hard things. And so... But I didn't, if you had told me on the front end, uh, no, I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. But God promised he would be with me in it, through it, and he was. And then I come out on the other side. And the beautiful thing is, is that I can share that with others, people that come in to see me, and understand exactly where they're at in that fear, and then can witness I've been on the other side. I, I know the mountain you're talking about. I climbed that mountain, and I'm over here now on the other side, and I'm telling you it can be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. The way, truth, and life. Right, right. The plan of God, the resource of God, the logistics He's given us away. Yeah. It's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the example, but He is also the way. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, going back to 5, John 14, 5. We know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Well, you know, you could look at that like, okay, well, literally they did though, right? They couldn't see all that right, <laughs> was going right. to happen. And certainly the rough patches, as they say, uh, taken before Pontius Pilate, apprehended, Garden of Gethsemane, Golgotha, Crucifixion, bearing the cross, Simon Serenian assisting him, the, the brutal treatment, the abuse of Christ, spit on, humiliated, physically assaulted, nailed to a cross, buried, put in a ground, in a tomb. 
And then with resurrection, and then you know, Thomas kind of says, uh, show me the holes in your hand. Yeah. So it still needed proof. Right. That's okay. It's all right. Right. When you're going through all that, that's what I was trying to say about if you think this is only Jesus, please be aware Christ is going to be with you through it all. He's already told you. We said that last podcast. God always tells you. He forgives in the sense of in advance. He tells right. you right. what's going to come or at least how to get through it. And uh, he's going to always send a messenger. Isaiah, last podcast. Now we're in the New Testament. So it's Jesus, the ultimate in messengers. Not only prophet, but savior. Literally. God himself. Coming to speak in human form. Example in human form. His Holy Spirit demonstrate through human vessel. But he always gives us the answer before even we're fully aware of the question. Mm -hmm. But they're all going to go through this. We're going to go through everything that Christ went through. We are. Mm -hmm. We won't go through the same measure. Nobody could go through it in the same way. And with that, there's a magnification effect. It all happens in such an intense period in Christ's life. But in some ways, we're all going to be humiliated. We're all going to find our body to fail. We're always going to find ourselves friendless. We're always going to feel alone. And all of us are always going to have a risk. I don't say always going to have that risk it always will be there, is what I'm trying right, to say. Right. And if you don't learn to deal with this, fortunately, hopefully, it will never come to you as it came to Jesus with the intention of murder. Right. Crucifixion. Nobody will really want to murder you, but there's probably some individuals yeah. who are martyrs. And not just martyrs in the sense of martyrdom, but literally. And the disciples are going to be that. Right. And, you know, you and I may see the day sooner than we think. We may see the day may come sooner than we think. Yeah, that's what exactly. That we're going to be asked to do this. But in that way, we have to know. We have to know the validation has to come for us. So I'm going to continue to read if I keep your thought there. Yes. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you'd known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, shew us the Father, and it sufficeth us, Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? It's the point you were making a moment ago. They'd been with him. But this is the point I was trying to counter with a moment ago. This is where it doesn't matter what they saw. It was about somebody else. Now it's all about them. All the things that Jesus was saying and they were going with. Right. uh, Finally, it's here we go. It's that here we go moment. (laughs) Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Now he's preparing them for the full understanding of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is the word that has always been within us. And in that sort of way, God put that in us for a time such as this, mm-hmm. and any moment that we might go through or find ourselves in similar to this. Mm-hmm. What our patients or clients experience when they come in or have experience that led them to come in to talk with us. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of moment. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. 
Believe me, it's not Jesus. The Father doeth the works. But he's going to do them in you like he has done them in me. Right. And because of me, and because of him sending me, and because of me being the Son, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, I am going to be able to not only tell you, show you, but you still are going to have to validate that for yourself. Because if you don't validate for yourself, you can't be saved. It's a, it's a good sermon. It's a good message. It's right. good advice. I think you're right, David. I should turn. I think you're right, Carolyn. I should do that. I think you're right. This is what God's telling me to do. But when they leave your office, you're not there. Right. But they have to choose to do it. But if they choose to do it, all of a sudden they'll discover they you are there. But it's not you. I am there. But it's not me. It's more than me. It's more than you. It's the Holy Spirit in them. Exactly. Because when we minister out of the Spirit, when we give advice out of the Spirit, when we salt all of our human intellect Mm -hmm. with Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. or make sure the foundation is Holy Spirit, and then we salt it with the knowledge. I mean, you could look at either way. Right. right. It's of the Holy Spirit. It's of God. It's just like Jesus talking. Mm -hmm. It's just like God talking. Mm -hmm. But it's all of a sudden now the realization is going to come from within it's not necessary to keep hearing it from without. And then there's also going to be these things in the world that are going to be contaminants, that are going to steal your virtue. People who are lost, people who are immature, people who may believe, but they really don't have the courage at the same level. Yes. People are going to tell you, you can quit. <laughs> people are going to tell you, you can fight back. People are going to tell you, You can lift up arms against these people. People are going to tell you even worse. It's not going to work. You might as well just curse God and die. (laughs) Hope I'm not being too dramatic. It's truth. That is, that's very well what could happen. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now he said... Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. And if you can't do that yet, immaturity, you're not quite there yet. Here we go, but we just started. We're not quite there yet. The mansion's been prepared, but you can't really go there. You can't see God in that way until you really truly believe. And then in believing, not only allow the Holy Spirit to lead you from within, to comfort you, but to trust that all those things, of the logistics, the resources, the plan... God's going to deliver you. Mm-hmm. And where are you going to end up? You're certainly going to end up as Christ in a material even dimension. That's what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. But more than that, you're going to be resurrected, Thomas. You're going to not only be resurrected in a new creation sort of body, a new creature in Christ, a resurrected body, but there will be a heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm there. I'm already there. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go there just to make sure that you have a place there. And not only uh, as in future tense, that I'm going to go there so you have a place there. I've prepared a way for you now. God has prepared a way and I've shown you the way now. You possess the answer to the problem before the problem ever really presents itself. God always forgives Mm -hmm. His Word and His Holy Spirit always tells us in advance. Mm -hmm. I, I, that is the greatest secret of counseling. 
They already have the answer. Mm. They just can't see it because it's in them and the fear, the doubt, the uncertainty, the self-esteem issues, Mm -hmm. the lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. The devil is -hmm. trying to steal the word, steal the confidence, steal the Holy Spirit, grieve the Holy Spirit in you. And plant not only seeds of doubt, but try to bring them to the place of you looking around saying, even if it's random, this is a sign. Mm -hmm. It's not going to (laughs) work. This is a sign. Mm. It's not going to happen that way. This is a sign. I'm going to go down and I'm not going to come back up. <laughs> That's, I, know, I know it doesn't make sense as I'm presenting it now within the context of all that we've said in the podcast. But somehow in that moment, the devil can convince you and it makes all the sense in the world. You're going to fail. And that God, you can even get the point where if you listen too much and you don't fight back with word, the sword of the spirit... The sword of truth, out of Jesus' mouth, he returns with a sword. It's the word and it's the truth. Right. He's telling that, but if you don't fight back, you're going to give up on God. You're going to start to say, well, there really isn't a God, Mm -hmm. even. Well, he didn't show up. Or I'm out here all on my own. Mm -hmm. It's just been a big lie. It's just all been one of those things. Somebody, like everything else, mom and dad told me, but they didn't show it. Or maybe they showed it, but then they're gone and Mm -hmm. I'm all alone. All, all these lies. people that said that they loved me. It was all lies. It was all lies. Mm-hmm. That sort of happened to me yesterday. <laughs> and I had an opportunity to kind of, um, I don't want to say fight back, but kind of uh, punch back a little bit. And I realized that they've been lied to. They've been lied to and lied to and lied to. And so I'm no different than any of those other people. They've, they've put me in the category, even though I'm not a stranger, but I, I struggled with it because in my flesh, I wanted to, ooh, I wanted to say something back because it made me a little bit angry. And I, I asked the Lord for wisdom to know how to handle that. And he was like, just leave it alone because they have been lied to so many times this is their natural reaction. This is what they're. This is their go-to, and so I, I let it be, and then I felt peace about it. But I had to come to terms with that it was their belief and what how they had been treated and how they had lived, how they uh, formulated their thoughts that could turn on a dime. <laughs> and you know, my reaction probably wasn't the best. You know, I did get a little frustrated, but. When I decided to leave it, then that's when I had the peace about it because I allowed them to be there. And, you know, okay, so they, they believe the lie. Okay. And, you know, and then that helps me the next time I talk to them. But, yeah, and there's no judgment. I don't want people to be afraid well, if they come no. in and talk to me that I'm going to be, you know, silently judging them. That's not. No, the but there is I a should. judgment because you can tell if the heart's hardened. Or if yeah. it's become yeah. callous. Yes, and I feel like that's where they're at. And that and, makes me sad for them. And the Apostle Paul talks about having to cut away yeah. that hardness yeah. or, or have that circumcision of the heart where that hardness is sort of removed. Right. But it also speaks to the Apostle Paul, particularly the Bible. Apostle Paul speaks to the fact that you can go so much that you would sear your conscience. Yeah. Which is, again, that element of Holy Spirit that is even with the lost. That's still bringing them to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. Still believing there is such a thing as love. Still believing that not everybody lies to you. Still believing that they're not going to always be betrayed. Still believing that, that even though 
maybe they've seen the worst of it. I say maybe only because nobody really knows. But somewhere it doesn't matter because it becomes somewhat relative in that notion that if you've been lied to, cheated upon, if people have physically and emotionally abused you and harmed you, it's a hard sell, me, to tell you somebody loves you or even to convince you that you can trust me enough that I'm not going to do that. Exactly. And then I can point out all the reasons ethically, Mm -hmm. responsibly, we're not going to do that. Right. But at the same time, though, you have to be open. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're asking the questions, as long as they have are still seeking, yeah. uh-huh. there's hope. And then Jesus continues, Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 12, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, you know, is that raising the dead, as with Lazarus, is that healing people? I, don't, I, I believe that's true. I, I believe it's possible. But even if it's just being resurrected and to go through all that Christ was go through, was to go through, and what we knew he, now we know they did not know at the time the entirety of it. We right. mentioned it earlier. Right. You can do these things. You can do hard things. Yeah. You can overcome fear. Yeah. You can overcome doubt. You can overcome fear and doubt to the point or harm to the point of disbelief, people harming you, manipulating. I think implicitly we all have some element of fear and doubt. It's just in the human nature, probably adaptive. You know, there's probably times when we need that fight or flight right. kind of operation, right. emotional thinking. Yeah. But Jesus is saying you can overcome this. Mm-hmm. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these, shall he do because I go unto my Father. Because Jesus did. Jesus realized that the power was not in him. The power was in the Father. But the Father liberally distributes it unto us who otherwise then go into the Father. Is that an intellectual, mental exercise? It would be if you've read the Bible and you know the Word. And you can encourage yourself in the Word. Right. But it's more than that. Right. It's a Holy right. Spirit operation, mm-hmm. but it only comes to its fullness when you accept Jesus and believe. Right. Because if you don't, then you're not going to get any of these things that we've been saying. And you're not going to get better in counseling. You're not going to behave better if you don't believe better. Right. The actions follow the belief. Right. But the belief is an act of faith. Right. Because you're going to go off the high dive. Which, like you said, is a hard sell. (laughs) And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, this is the qualifier. If you do these things, you understand where that power comes from, and you do these things in the name of Jesus, he's going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, is it that you're going to move mountains in in a moment? Probably not that kind of dimension of power. Mm -hmm. Although, again, I'm sure... That there have been supernatural occurrences that God has given humans the power to do. Moses parted the Red Sea with the staff. It wasn't a Moses, but he was... It, but at the same time, I think most of us, the biggest challenge is overcoming this disbelief. The biggest challenge is believing that God can move that mountain right. in whatever measure, manner, right. or form. His plan yes. with the resource in mind and the logistics in place. Mm-hmm. But 
at the same time, if you do that in the mind of Christ, if you do that according to what Jesus has taught and what he is reminding them of or preparing them as he prepares them to face his crucifixion and what then follows for them, the disciples, they need to know this. Mm -hmm. They need to know that the same thing that they see will see that happens to Jesus is going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. Because the time to believe is before you get there. (laughs) You have to believe once you get there. But if you've got no preparation and you're not already setting your mind, all those things about fear and doubt and emotional thinking and that being a trigger, you're not going to do it. You're going to take yourself off the cross. You're going to walk away. You're going to start to harden your heart. You're going to start to disbelieve. And you're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you or as he might in ministering the word in that way of drawing you unto Christ. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You're not going to respond. You're going to stop asking the questions. Well, even if it takes up to the point of the cross, I think of that centurion guard that said, Surely... This was the Christ. I mean, even if we have to go to the cross and see it for ourselves, which, I mean, I believe we all kind of literally have to do in a way. But he literally had to see that. And then he knew. And then he went away believing. So, you know, don't feel bad if if it takes you a little bit more to believe than somebody else. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Is the resurrection power of God being glorified. Mm -hmm. It's not the person, and even with Christ, if there would be any worthy, it's Jesus, right? Right. And that's not questioning His worthiness. It's just saying, obviously, Jesus. But it really isn't about David. It isn't about Carolyn. Mm -hmm. It isn't about the patient or the client. Mm -hmm. It's not about your neighbor. It's not about anybody except to be about Jesus. And then when it comes to Jesus, even then, Jesus says, it's not about me. Right. It's about glorifying the Father. Yep. Because if you move away from that, the more you move away from that into making it about you, (laughs) the less likely you're going to do it. Right. Because the power isn't, again, in you. The power is in God. The power is in the Father. The power is in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is manifest in Jesus Christ. It's in the Word God gave us, Old Testament. It's in the living Word that Jesus reminds us of or brings back to life or brings to life. It is about, what I'm going to read here in a moment, about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Mm -hmm. wisdom guides. But if it's about you, and it's all about your way of thinking or all that you might otherwise have found validation in in a human dimension only mm-hmm. the only thing that, that tells us <laughs> validates us in a human dimension is death yeah. and the only way it validates us is yeah you were once alive you've only known it from the standpoint of life your consciousness, yourself, your conscious awareness, your identity who you are, your awareness itself it all comes after you've already been born, you don't know death. But when death comes, all of a sudden, or at least the thought of it comes, all of a sudden you realize, uh, that validates me. But by then it's too late. Because if that's the only thing that validates you, right. then it's over. 
and you've missed the ride. You didn't jump off the high dive. You went home feeling sad. You went home feeling like you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Face it, overcome it, and too much of that in life, and you never mature. You never grow. And with that, you also don't allow the Holy Spirit to take over right? because he's going to be telling you to do the Isaiah 53 thing, the suffering servant thing, and wait upon, again, the power of God. They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 38, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. shall renew their strength. That's how we did the podcast. That's how we started the podcast last uh, week. It's that same notion, though. Old Testament. Now Jesus is saying, you know about this. You've seen me. you got to believe it now. And that you were right, that maturity, that belief, we don't expect somebody that just comes to know Jesus to have the faith of somebody that's been believing in Jesus for 50 years. But they can have that same power, but it's a it's a process. It's a growth process. You don't just, um, let's see, go up to the high dive and jump off and then become an Olympic swimmer because you jumped off the high dive one time. Oh, I felt like one, though. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, and and I, I did feel bad when I didn't go out in the lake. <laughs> I was sad. But I, I it tell people that I like to be able to encourage them in that because, you know, we're sharing these things with them and we're telling them, but they still believe it like that man. They believe it weekly and, you know, and that's okay. You know, I want people to know that's okay to start where you're at. But then we move forward. Our faith grows. We we trust Him more. We do bigger things. You know, when I went to adopt my daughter, I told my husband, I said, Tim, this is a person, not a pet. <laughs> because it was such, it was so huge to me. It was a big thing. And so that was an emotional, that was a milestone in my faith. Because I can look back at that and, whoa, that was that was kind of big for me. Maybe somebody else was, well, you know, God told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. You know, okay, that, good for you. But for me, I had to grow in that. And so I want our listeners to know that, that that's, that, that process, that's the Holy Spirit, it helps us through that process. And then we, God, He uses us to assist. And, and in a more clinical or counseling sort of dimension, even within that pastoral care model, what we're basically asking the, the person to do, the client to do, is not only accept what's going on, the Isaiah 53 suffering servant right. image, example, testimony. Right. But if they don't do that, then they are never going to get the validation. But that's only part A. Mm-hmm. You have to accept the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, this is what you are. This is your life. Right. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And this is all it's going to be. Malachi is going to be the end of your mortality. Mm-hmm. All that you could accomplish in just right. simply humanity or with mortality. Right. However, if you include the New Testament, not only are you going to accept the realities of my life, human nature, human dimension, material life, But now you can really receive not only the validation of the promises of God under resurrection, redemption, as Christ would then have preached it, taught it, also demonstrated it. But that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is eternal. Mm -hmm. Life is eternal. The human body isn't. But if your construction of identity, by just virtue of human development... 
when you're a child, you can't in a mental sort of way. And the mind is an important tool. God gave us a mind so we can navigate this world. Empiricism is not bad. You know, scientific theory uh, is not bad. Research is not bad. Test it. There's nothing bad about that. It's just not going to save you. Because what happens is you can get all of that stuff and you can operate fairly well within that because fortunately there's not much in the way of imminent threat any of us have to go through. It's not that we don't go through it or that all of us don't experience something like that and there are certainly others that have experienced it more. I don't want to be dismissive. But fortunately for most of it, it's not a life and death situation, at least in the culture that we have been privileged to grow up in and been blessed with. A godly one, by the way. But this notion, though, that if you want real validation, you have to understand death. But if you want to be saved, you've got to confess your sins and your iniquity and realize all it's going to do is lead to death because there's nothing beyond it. But if you want to go beyond it, then you come unto Jesus. And it is validation, but it's just, again, the pronouncement of the Holy Spirit showing us again. Because the Holy Spirit's been there all along. Now we're listening. Now we're understanding. Now we know why the suffering takes place the way it does. Mm -hmm. Now we depersonalize it a bit. We own it, our salvation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, everybody has to go through this. And everybody has to come to Jesus or they're just going to end up having nothing more than mortality. And mortality, yes, is a measure of death. But it's the only defining moment of life. Don't let your death become your defining moment of life. Right. We call that post-traumatic stress disorder before you die. But when you die and it's over, it's too late. Exactly. You, you didn't, you missed the ride. You didn't get to enjoy it. You've hit out, you've run away from it, you've become bitter, defensive, You didn't go off the high dive. You didn't jump in the lake. And and that makes me sad for especially my family and loved ones that that I want to see come to that saving knowledge before before they die or before Jesus comes back. You know that that. Mm. It's like I'm on the other side now. You know, I'm the one that's in the lake saying, come on, come on, it's okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, you know, and I understand. And I've been that person on the sand. <laughs> like, I know how you feel. I know that struggle, that tension. Come but on, jump can, in. The water feels can, good. Yeah, but you can. But beyond all that, it's even bigger than that. It's trusting the person that's telling you to come out. Yeah. Is trusting somebody's telling you jump off this twenty foot thing. I'm scared of heights, so I probably wouldn't do that. But nobody's got more cred than Jesus. Right. And if we example right. Christ, if we know that He lives, but He lives within us, if we allow yeah. the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, direct us, Carolyn, we can't fail. I know. I just try to <laughs> I can't make somebody believe that, you know, and I and it's it's difficult because, you know, especially when it's somebody I'm counseling, of course, you know, I care about them and how much more, you know, do I, you know, I think about um, one family member that is so smart and science, all about science. 
and says that um, she doesn't believe in God anymore. And I just, I don't believe it. I, I just believe that deep down, it's always been in there. And, she, you know, she just has to return to that. Well, she doesn't believe in love. And like you said, they've been hurt. Yeah. But Jesus says it this way. John 14, starting with 15, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. It's love. Mm-hmm. God is love. Fruit of the Spirit is love. Holy Spirit is the manifestation in a physical dimension of God's love. But Christ came so that He might then be the testimony mm-hmm. of the power of love to overcome and redeem. Mm-hmm. In a physical manifestation. Even the Spirit of Truth. And the Spirit here is capital S. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Spirit of love. Mm-hmm. You know when somebody loves you, Caroline. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't believe it, there's a part of you that wants to believe it so bad yeah. that you'll even, yeah. you'll even go back and try again. Just make sure that you know what you're seeing isn't of the person, <laughs> lest you fall into the trap of the humanity and get hurt again. Right. It's God. It's Christ. It's Holy Spirit. And humans are going to fail. Mm-hmm. But if you know where this comes from, If you know what the truth really is, you know the power again, as we've been saying, is of God. And even so, Christ showed that in every act of Him being that suffering servant. Mm -hmm. We too are going to demonstrate that. Don't love me. Don't believe me. I I love you. Right? Right. But at the same time, don't put all your faith in my love. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Your faith in the love of God in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Unfortunately, it's your family member. Mm -hmm. Neither knoweth him because they reject. They've hardened their heart. They've given up on love. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Mm -hmm. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But ye shall, or ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. That's what we've been saying. It's all in the Holy Spirit. It's a validation. The Holy Spirit brings a validation in a material, carnal sort of dimension. It's more than that. It's a love of God. But love never faileth. Love never passeth away. Faith, hope, and love, these three. Right. Faith will get you to hope. Hope will then get you to love. But it's love. That's the mansion. That's the place that God is. Jesus has gone to to prepare a place for you. That's heaven. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that keepeth, or he that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him." Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me inside heaven. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, 
but the fathers which sent me. And even if that would just simply be because I got in my flesh not enough insufficient credibility. If I didn't include Jesus and the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, why would you listen to me anyhow? Because I am just human. And if it's true that we're all the same, you can come talk to me. They can come talk to you, but I'm not going to give them any better answer than they could come up with for themselves. And maybe there's some. But it certainly isn't going to be the kind that leads to this ultimate salvation that the Word of God brings us. These things I have spoken to you, unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not, again, your heart be troubled. This is the reason why it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, you would or ye would rejoice because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I am. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass, you might believe. God forgave. Jesus is foretelling. It's that prophetic spirit of Isaiah. It's going to work out, but this is what it's going to look like while you're getting there. But this is why you're going to be able to get there, because you're going to have me in you. Not only intellectually, but the Holy Spirit, which is Father, Son, Holy Ghost, part of the Trinity. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the Prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do Arise, let us go hence. And again, I get back to that saying, my one of my favorite saying. So now that we know, here we go. Because mm-hmm. now it comes time to apply it. Right. Now it comes time. Go time. Yes. <laughs> to experience, though, in applying it, the validation. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, the testimony. Right. Not only about God's love, exactly. but they come see you, Carolyn. You can say... Uh, relatable, relevant. Oh, we all have to go through that. Jesus saves. We all need salvation. Yours is different, not invalidating. But we can get through this. We can get through this. Sometimes I do show them the, the, the holes. <laughs> Jesus' hand to Thomas. I, I don't show them about necessarily myself. Uh, but I tell them stories about people. And in some ways, they are different, but in some ways, they're not. Right. But I always tell them about Jesus, who is always the same. Mm -hmm. And always saves in the same way. And I tell them, I have all confidence that Jesus is here with us. And He's going to redeem you and resurrect you. I want to be part of that. Sometimes I realize, or I've come to realize, sometimes I can't be in an imminent sort of way, immediate sort of way, there when they experience the Lazarus come forth. But I know that I'm all, I've been part of the preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The and, seed, you t- and you too. And I was thinking that earlier, way earlier in our podcast, the seed that we plant. I mean, we may not see that fruition come full circle in one session. And most of the time, you know, maybe we don't. But 
the seed's been planted and we know that the Holy Spirit's going to continue to work in that person's life. And some people I see, one couple I saw was traveling through town and I'll probably never see them again because <laughs> they're not from here. But they found covenants and they wanted to come in and I know that God was there and you know that for that one hour the Holy Spirit was in that room and then I can only you know believe that uh, they took that with them and you know that things are better now I, I do believe that but even if we don't see that, I still believe the Holy Spirit's still working. Even when you leave and you're still chewing on that and kind of pondering that, the Holy Spirit's working in you. So let Him do that. Let Him continue to work and, you know, ask you the questions and, and go there. So the model would be that God has created us in His image. From the very beginning of everything, His intention was for us to be quite capable and for us to example Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, in the garden, there was a tree of life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was literally Christ. Mm -hmm. But it also was just a prefigurement of what we will one day become as we grow up and mature. Right. But Adam and Eve, as most teenagers, kids, they can't see it. Mm -hmm. But the Word of God, as He's delivered it, brings us through it. Mm -hmm. And then establishes or validates for us that fact, that promise, that reality, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that not only is there a Christ, is there a God, but there is a Christ, and that He has already given us His Holy Spirit. And as Jesus speaks to the Comforter coming and dwelling, it was so there would be no confusion. Because <laughs> if Jesus is like right there in a physical manifestation, mm -hmm. you're still not going to, and you don't have to go through this validation process right. and you don't have to start to look for it inside of you yeah. and rely upon it inside of you, you're not going to. Well, you're going to always go to the temple, you're always going to go to Jerusalem, you're always going to go to the priest, the pastor, the counselor. Right. You know, and I'm okay with helping, but I don't want my clients to come see me forever. That's not right. my intention. Right. I am not the icon. Well, you're not the answer. Jesus is. Right. But even with Jesus, it wasn't a physical dimension, lest they just, like Peter, James, and John, let's just build tabernacles here on the Mount of Transfiguration. No, you're on the Mount of Transfiguration. You don't build tabernacles because here it is. Look at it, guys. It's right before your very eyes. This is what Moses and Elijah turn into. Mm -hmm. Me. Jesus. This is what the promises of God, the commandments of God, as applied, the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses had a mountaintop experience, Elijah. But you put those two parts in the Old Testament together, you see the progression of that as evidenced in Moses, Elijah. You're called the Christ, but it isn't so we can camp out up here or so that we can always be here in this dimension. It's so that you can realize it's in you. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of heaven is in you. Right. Then it proceeds forth, as mm -hmm. you said earlier. Mm -hmm. It's not only believing, it's doing. Right. But if you don't do it, James, mm -hmm. faith without works is mm -hmm. dead. It means you really don't believe because you're not putting, as they used to say, still say, your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. Well, the disciples wanted to be with him forever. And, of course, who wouldn't? I mean, it's Jesus. They, 
they were transformed exponentially from their not only just their material lives but their spiritual lives and so then when he talks about leaving <laughs> what you're gonna leave us what what's happening you know but it had to happen and then they became even more so um you know their faith their acts their their works being martyred some of them horrifically um, all that came to pass after he left and what their shadow people got saved or people were healed people were healed not saved um, they did all these great things after he left so you know that it wasn't just about being with him and having that power around them it was after uh, they had the Holy Spirit with them but after he left then they started acting on that well, it's the day of Pentecost works. too when they fully Acts came two. to the end of themselves yes. and that they, the grief the sorrow, yeah. the despondency, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of failure or futility of going on. Right. But it comes down in that sort of same dimension as with cloven tongues. Mm-hmm. It came upon them. Yeah, right. But it proceeded from within them and all of a sudden they discover mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. He's been here all along. You know, and, and where was I? I couldn't see him. You know, uh, it was who was on the the Luke and on the Emmaus. Oh yeah, I can't uh, remember Luke, and then there was another hmm. on the the road to Emmaus. Anyhow, I, I can't remember all that were there, but they didn't even recognize him at first. Right. Mm-hmm. But the idea, though, is you spend your whole life in darkness. Look it up so <laughs> I it's gonna bother me. I know, isn't that horrible? Well, it's me that set us up because I can't remember. My brain does not work as it used to, but it's on the road through Emmaus. But the idea though is that Jesus is with us now, but that's what he said. They can't see me because they don't believe. Did you find it? No. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ talks with Cleopas and another on the way to yes. Emmaus. I think Luke. Luke 24. Yes, yeah. I think Luke was the another, but I may have that wrong. All right. So, if an individual, for whatever reason, is needing some comfort and assistance, while they're going through a rough patch, a rough point time in their life, should they come see us? Mm-hmm. Carolyn? Yes. Should they? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, should they come see us, something will happen. <laughs> I didn't know that was a question mark. It was a literal question. Okay. Well, yes. And we want them to come see us, but ultimately we want them to see Jesus. Yes. And that's the goal. And you come to us and we will point you towards him through the word, through um, however the Holy Spirit leads. But that's what we want. and Because that's where the answer is. That's where our hope is. That's where it's all going to come from. But if you come to us, of course, you should reach out with any concern that you have. Because we all, I think of that uh, For King and Country song, that um, can you relate? And it says, I don't know what it's like to be you. And you don't know what it's like to be me. 
but even though we have differences, we all still can relate to hurt and pain and, you know, things of this life. And we all can go to the same answer, which is Jesus. So I was reading that um, in one of them whose name was Cleopas. So there we go. <laughs> so Carolyn. Yes. Should they want to? And we hope they do. Should they feel led to? Yes. People how may not they... know how, people may not understand that. Sometimes they, they ask me what that means. If you feel like you should, we'll put we'll leave it at that. Well, it's like those folks. They didn't know me or you from anybody. And we spoke of repute and ill repute earlier. We've got no word of mouth for them. They just happened to be passing through. But the Holy Spirit did prepare them mm-hmm. and led them to you for the moment. For sure. That Absolutely. You, that you found yourself in with yeah. them. So how do they reach out to us or how can they contact us? Well, I hope you do reach out and contact us. We'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call, 304-528-9220. Or you can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online, covenantsonline.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook where we post a link to hear our podcast. And that's under Covenants. And they can join us next week. Yes. For the next edition, you know, I did not remind them. We got so engrossed in the conversation. I thought of it a couple points, but I did not want to break off the points or disrupt the flow of the conversation of the Holy Spirit as he was communicating. So I did not tell them. They were listening to What is Covenant? Specialized pastoral care services. Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. But they can join us next week because we drop our podcast weekly on Mondays. Mm -hmm. And until then, Carolyn, this is your line. (laughs) Be blessed. Yes. And we want to thank you again for joining us.